Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Chats from the Blog Cabin, the show where I invite people into the Blog Cabin to chat about life. I'm Melissa, and I'm your host. Today we're chatting with Wendell White. He is the author of The Devil Thought He Had Me. He has an amazing story about how when he was 18 years old, he was beaten up and put in the trunk of a car. Basically, he was left for dead. He ended up having 10 weeks of rehabilitation in the hospital for six weeks, another four weeks on his best friend's couch, all because at the age of 18, he was a drug dealer. Now, you may think you may have some judgment, but listen to his story because that's all he knew when he was growing up. His mom was a drug dealer. That was a life he lived in. When you're that age, you really don't think about the consequences like you could be killed. Sure, you could be put in jail, but you look at all the monetary possessions and that's what they were looking at. It wasn't the seriousness of losing your life. And it wasn't until that happened when he was 18 that it turned his life around. So I really hope you enjoy this story. I want to bring more stories about how God is working in people's lives. So I thank you so much for being, for listening. And, you know, that's what I need you to do right now is start listening. Welcome back to another episode of Chats from the Blog Cabin. Today, I am joined by author, as you can see by his name, author Wendell White. And I'm telling you, his story is amazing. But before we get into your actual story, tell us a little bit about yourself, which kind of, you actually do kind of have to tell your little story a little bit, don't you? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, good afternoon, first of all. Thanks for having me. Um, You're welcome. Opportunity as well. Um, man, I'm like I said, my name is Arthur Wendell White, and I'm a a guy from South Side of Chicago, um, born and raised on in, in the Inglewood neighborhood. Uh, now reside in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, with my wife, and uh, I'm a, I'm a father of eleven children. Um, yes, <laughs> <laughs> um, man, I'm a, I'm an entrepreneur, own my own business, and I'm a, and I'm an author and a motivational speaker. Now, 11 children. Wow. My husband is number nine of 10. So I totally understand that. <laughs> actually, actually, I'm, I'm two of nine. So my mom had nine children. So I, I, man, it, it, it runs in the family. So what are the ages of your children before we get into talking about your book? Because I'm um, always interested. My, my oldest is 23. My youngest is nine. And everybody else just fall in between 23, 19, 17, 18, all the way down to 99. See, I have three. I have a soon to be 26 year old, one's 23, and one just turned, will be 19 next month. Okay. So, uh, and they're all girls. See, I, I, I have seven boys and four girls. Woo! And I bet you you can say that the girls are harder to raise than the boys, right? Um, 
you know what? Well, my girls are pretty. My my girls are pretty. They pretty good for the most part. It's 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 my it's my sons. It's my son, especially in the dead the dead age that we're living in. I have to keep a kind of an eye on them. Actually, actually, my oldest son today is Wednesday. Actually, my oldest son, my twenty three year old, he was actually um, shot Monday night um, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, over a basketball game. Wow. Uh, wasn't nothing that he was doing wrong. Him and the guy got into it over a basketball game on a basketball court. He was out there with his two children and his fiance, and a guy shot him. Wow. Is he okay? Yeah, he's in the hospital right now. So this is, you know, that's what we're dealing with right now as a family, you know, and and, and my boys are the ones that I, I try to, um, man, I, I kind of shelter the most because I know the stuff that's going on out here in this world. And, um, yeah, that's, that's what we're dealing with right now. So we just thank God for sparing his life because God spared his life. And uh, we just we just going to keep praying and we're going we just going to keep giving God the glory. Yeah. Speaking of God, you have a great story called The Devil Thought He Had Me. Now let's talk about that, because honestly, when I was reading the bio, I was like, I have to have him on because start out with where you grew up and then go into how you led to writing your book. Um, I grew up on the south side of Chicago in the Inglewood neighborhood, and uh, from Inglewood, we I met my mom transitioned us to um, the, the 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 far south side, um, which is which in Chicago we call it the Wild Hundreds, um, and that's like the far south side. And um, I grew up in both places, um, and from birth, I must say, from birth, um, everybody in my family sold drugs. Everybody sold drugs. Mm -hmm. Either they sold drugs or they were addicted to drugs, either either or. And um, but you know, as a child, when you're growing up and you see certain things, um, you 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 tend to you tend to 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 result to whatever you grew up around. You know, I, I've never seen uh, people going to work with briefcases, and you know, father wasn't no father figure in the in the household. Like I said, my mom she 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 had nine children. And she didn't have a strong role model male in the household, you know, to, to, to teach us how to be men. And the, the role model who I, the guy who I looked up to, he was my uncle, my mom's brother. And uh, by the time he was like 25 years old, he, he, he was a millionaire from selling drugs. Mm -hmm. And that's who I looked up to. That's who I, I emulated. That's who I tried to copy my lifestyle after and uh, one thing that we don't understand as children, and a lot of children don't understand, and this is why what, what we got the things that we're going on in the world right now, is because we see the things that, you know, things like the selling drugs possesses. We see the possessions, the cars and the money, mm -hmm. but we don't understand all the heartache and, and devastation that it brings to somebody else's life. And it ultimately brings to your own life, which, which you have to go through certain things and trials and tribulations. Um, that, that 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 you have to go through for selling the drugs. I never I never imagined the the, the things that we went through um, with selling drugs that we had to go through. I never I never you you can never understand that you would never be able to. That's the part when 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 they're recruiting you to to be in these gangs and sell these drugs and they don't tell you that part. They don't tell you is 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 chaos, confusion, just death and destruction around the corner they just they just show you the drugs and the money and the cars and they said you want this and you can have that 
but they don't say it's a possibility that you could lose your life in this. It's a possibility that you could lose your freedom in this, you know, and as a child, you naive, you really don't know any better. So um, you don't even, you understand that, you know, it's a possibility you can go to jail for selling drugs because you know it's wrong, but um, you're willing to take that risk for the simple fact is, okay, I really, I'm willing to take a risk to have shoes on my back and clothes on my back and shoes on my feet and food on my table and, and or, or sit here and you starve. Or you sit here and you don't have these things that you really think you need to um, be in this in crowd that you think you need. Because like I tell my kids, if, if somebody laugh at you what they what you, uh, for something that you don't have, them are people you don't need to be around anyway. Wow. So your turning point was I'm going to read the little script part of it. It says after getting beat up and put into the trunk of a car, I knew then and that I wanted to help youth and adults all over the world to not make the same decisions I had made. So let's talk about that turning point. Well, um, June 22nd, 1999, um, I was, I was, I was in, in the middle of a drug deal that went bad and, um, some guys end up beating me real bad. Like 20 guys end up beating me real bad and beat me with a bat. And, um, and put me in the trunk of a car and um, left me on the side of a garbage can, left me for dead. And um, as I as I laid in that hospital bed for six weeks and laid him on, on on my best friend's couch for another four weeks, healing up, trying to heal from the beating, I knew right then and there that I just wanted to do something. Um, I wanted to make a something positive out of this negative that I had just went through. And um, right then and there, man, I started telling myself that I just want to help the youth not have to go through the things that I had went through. But the whole thing with trying to help them, I never knew how that looked because I never knew no one that to even walk me down that path. So even at, at eight, I was like 18 to 19 years old, I never I didn't even start that process all the way until I was 35 years old because I didn't even know what that process looked like. Like I said, only thing I knew all my life was selling drugs. I didn't know anything yo. So I had to put myself around men and different people that didn't think like me, that didn't come from the same um, background that I came from, that, um, that was out of the streets. And I had to put myself around them and, and I had to have a learning attitude and, and a teachable attitude and was able to be taught. But it started when I gave my life to Christ mm -hmm. on June 29th, 2014. When I gave my life to Christ, the one that, and that was the best thing, the best decision that I've ever made in my life. When I gave my life to Christ, he put people in my life to help me, um, show me why my testimony was so powerful and why he chose me to live because everybody that get put in the trunk of a car don't live. They don't make it to live. So right then and there, they, they, they helped me identify my purpose in life and let me understand that God gives all of us a purpose in life. We just have to find that purpose. And once I found that purpose, um, in 2014, I just been running with it. And I just, I, every day I wake up, I wake up with, a, a, with an agenda, to save somebody, to help somebody um, save their life, to help somebody recognize their purpose, help somebody understand that God loves you, 
and um, God is your friend. He, he don't hate you. He don't want to send you to hell, regardless of what people may say. Uh, are you going to hell? No, I'm not a judge. I'm not the judge. The same God saved me. There's the same God that could save you because I, I, I know I was I was not deserving of, of life. I, I should have been dead a long time ago, but his grace and his mercy is, is sufficient. And he saved me for his purpose. And that and that's what I'm doing right now. I'm just doing his will and not my own. Now, what was that turning point when you gave yourself over finally to Christ? What was there a light bulb that went off and says, I, I need to do this right now? Or was it just a gradual build up to it? Well, you know what? Over the years, I had just dealt with so much and I had just came through. I was I was actually battling depression at the time. Mm -hmm. I, was, I, I had been battling depression for like a year and a half. And, it, and, and a lot of people don't understand depression is not a feeling. It's an illness. Like a lot of you may people say that I hear that people say that all the time. Like, you know, I'm depressed. No, you're not depressed. You just you you just in a situation that you don't like because that's not how depression works. Depression is a real illness. And um, I was, you know, taking the medication, going to see the therapist and things of that nature. And my wife now, she was my girlfriend at the time. She asked me, did I want to go to church? She asked me, did I want to go to church? And um, I said, yeah. You know, I, I said, yeah, and I went to church one Sunday and I heard this guy speak a word and it was a great word. And what 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 really caught my attention of the of the pastor, Pastor Marlon Locke at Unity Gospel House of Prayer here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. What really caught my eye is he how young he was. He was like 38 years, years old at the time, how young he was. And then I got to listening to him and. For some reason, he just got to telling his testimony of, you know, all the things that he's been through. And he has a brother that's incarcerated that's, you know, doing like consecutive life terms for things that he's done in the street. And I can relate to that. Mm -hmm. It was the first time that I've ever been to a church that I felt that this guy related to me. He understood mm -hmm. me. He didn't put on this facade like he had been saved all his life and he perfect. He, he, he let me into his world. He let me see all of his flaws and his shortcomings. And he was telling it to everybody that, and you know, he was saying every day I need, if, if without God, I'll go back to it. So I need Jesus to, um, stay walking this ever on this, on this straight, on straight street, basically. And I just found that very interesting. So the next Sunday I came back was, was June 29th, 2014. And he had another word for me. And it touched my heart again. And I looked over to my girlfriend and I said, you know what? I, I, I want to give my life to Christ today. And she said, if you do it, I'm going to do it. And uh, she, I went and did it. She followed behind me. And that was June 29, 2014. And then July um, 24, 2014, me and her was married. Because I started embracing the word of God. And he was saying, you know, um, about the fornication and Mary, Mary, and you know, I just started taking the word serious. I took the word serious the same way that I took game banking and selling drugs. I took it serious. I, I started taking it serious and I just wanted to live God's will. I tried everything and it guess what? It didn't work with all the money that I had and all the things that I done possessed. I still was at the lowest place of my life. I was still, I was still so, so low. I was still hurting. I was still broken. I was still going through depression and I had money and I had the cars and I had the women and I had all this. And I still was at a place that I just didn't understand. 
So if I tried all that, I said, you know what? Let me try. Let me try this Jesus guy that everybody that I hear everybody talking about. And ultimately, man, that that came to be the best decision that I've ever made in my life. So let's talk about um, did you get any pushback? You already said your girlfriend then, but your wife now went up there and got saved with you. But did you have pushback from other family members or people that you're around once you found Christ? You know what? And, that, and that's a great question. And what I what I found what I found out, um, and I'm and I'm really just getting over the hurt. I just really learned how to deal with this hurt. Um, my family was the ones that gave me the they was the more the opposition than anybody. And I and I found that I found that so hard to believe, and it hurt it so bad for for you know for the people that knew my struggles and knew everything that I had been through in my life. For them to say that I changed and I wasn't the same and I act funny and they didn't want to mess with me no more, that hurt it. That hurt it real, real bad. You know, it'd be times that I just wrap myself in my wife's arms and I just cry because I didn't understand. You know, these are the people that I, that was near and dear to my heart. I gave anything they asked me to. I gave it to them, and they were the ones. They were the ones that was um. They wasn't happy for me. They wasn't happy for me. But as I as I continue to to study the word of God and understand the word of God and let and let the let the Holy Spirit talk to me and lead and guide me, I realized and I understood that it wasn't them. It's just the unclean spirits that live in them that's fighting against me. And now I'm able to I was able to forgive them. I was able to understand that it's not the person. It's not the person. It's it's the it's the it's the unclean spirits that's living inside them that's fighting against me. So I can't be I can't I can't take offense to that. I can't I can't hold that against them. You know I just only thing I can do is pray for them and ask God to open their eyes the way that He opened my eyes. And 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 that's it. And it's okay, it's okay if they don't want to be around me. It's okay if you know they don't agree with what I agree with. And and that's fine. But I'm not here. One thing that I've never done, I never tell them, like, you know, you going to hell. And, you know, I just love them where they are. I love them where they are. And regardless how they treat me and do say what the things that they say towards me and treat me, I, I can't be concerned with that. I just got to be concerned with because God's not concerned with what they say. He's concerned with how I react to what they say. And I just try to react accordingly to the will of God and accordingly to how I'm basing my life over um, walking my walk with Christ. So, so lead up to the part where you decided to write a book after all your, about your journey, what made well, you decide to write a book? Well, when, when, when I, when I had got put in the trunk, when, when the guys had did that to me, I had already said, when I said that, you know, I wanted to help the youth and do that. I knew I wanted to write a book then. But just like um, with helping the youth, I didn't know how. I didn't even know where to start. I didn't know how to write a book. I didn't know where to start. And um, just like I said, when I when I when I became when I got saved and gave my life to Christ, God stopped putting people in my life to show me, you know, show me um, my first lady when I first my first lady Kimberly Locke. Um, when, when I first got to Unity, she was she was starting her, her new book. She was a, a, a first-time author, and she was starting a new book. And then as she started her new book and started writing a book about things that she had endured in her life, it was like more and more people in our congregation began to write books. And it was just basically God was just showing me, like, this 
this is this is the avenue this is the avenue even all the way down to the name the devil thought he had me god gave me the name um mm -hmm. off of off of off of a song by the guy ty tribute a gospel singer ty tribute he turned it and when i heard that song for the first time and the chorus was singing the devil thought he had me he thought my life was over god that's your title of your book you know so even all the way down it was just it was just really just god just um he was just aligning everything up for me because even at 19 years old if i would have wrote a book then i wouldn't have been able to touch the lives of the people that i'm going to touch right now and not you know because i would have been so concerned about making money instead of selling instead mm -hmm. of helping souls and that's what it's about it's not about making money it's about touching as many souls as you can to help them not go through the same situation that you went through and letting them know if you put your trust in god God will give you that big house. God will give you that fancy car. God will give you that wife or that husband that you desire. God will give you peace when you don't have peace. You understand? So um, he was just basically just getting me in line to understand, you know, this is, I want you to do it this way. Because, yeah, I even with getting put in the trunk and I came up with the idea. It wasn't my idea. It was God's idea that he was already putting into me. I just didn't understand at the time what he was building up to right now so you had to be obedient and follow the path that he's setting for you and not question it how many times did you question it though you're like is this really what i'm supposed to do god well the thing about it is like i said i, I didn't know nothing about church when i uh when i got saved so i was walking in that baby's faith just like a child learning how to walk for the first time gonna keep falling getting back up keep falling getting back up because i didn't i didn't understand faith you you telling a guy that been selling drugs since he was 10 11 years old to believe in something that you saying have faith in something that you can't see so i was used to get my money right then and there now you're telling me you know stop selling drugs go find a job and even when you don't find you can't find this job and you and your wife are struggling and and and, and bills need to be paid and we frustrated just continue to have faith so that was the hardest part of my journey just understanding what faith was you know and um totally surrendering to god and saying you know what god i'm just gonna get out of your way and let your will be done because i'm trying to do something that's not conducive to you helping me you know i can't i can't ask you to help me and then try to help you help me that's not how god operates you know mm -hmm. so i just had to really just totally put my hands up and surrender to the will of god and say god you know what let your will be done and not my own and i'm just gonna trust you so now even even right now having my own business or, or my book every time i tie the first thing i say is god i trust you i trust mm -hmm. you because i every day i have to tell myself that god i trust you i trust you because one thing that i've learned you hear what you say about you right so if i'm telling me i can trust god guess what i'm gonna be okay with that i don't have to hear from nobody else because i'm telling me that every day god i trust you lord i trust you when i wake up in the morning lord thank you i trust you to lead and guide me today i i, I trust you to help me make the right decisions today be in the right conversation today you know even with even with um this interview i didn't know what was gonna what, what we was gonna really how this was gonna really go i just prayed and asked god god lead and guide me you know let me decrease and you increase so even right now i'm trusting the lord 
And that's just how that's that I had to learn that. That was one of the hardest things I had to learn. But I, I'm, I'm learning it. I learned it, and I'm continue to learn it every day. It ain't gonna stop. It'll never stop until I'm going to glory. Because every day my faith is gonna be tested in a different way every single day. It's so funny that you said that you didn't have this interview was going to go because each time when I get on, I don't know how the interviews are going to go. And I just say, God, let your will be done. Let things that come out and it's supposed to come out, come out, you know, guide me. So let's talk about your book. I mean, how long did it take you to write the book? It actually took me three years too long. <laughs> it took it took me three years too long. And that's because of all the procrastination. I was procrastinating. Um, I didn't know anything about discipline. I didn't know I, I, I didn't know none of that, you know. So it, it really took me just three years too long, but it was three years, it was it was it was all at God's timing. Like he knew it was gonna take me three years too long, but it still had to go with you know some of the struggles I continued to have to go through and really, really trust in him. So he could put his his imprint on the book so it can do what he wanted to do instead of doing what I wanted to do. Because, like I said, um, you get caught up in the you doing it for the money. You doing it for the money. Man, this going to this going to set me and my family straight. Me and my family going to be straight. That's not that's not God's intention. So when I had to take that whole mindset and I had to remove that mindset and say, no, this not doing it for the money. This is I'm doing this to save souls. So now God can get the glory out of the book, you know? So even with the three years that it took me to write the book, it was all part of God's plan and all God, part of God's timing because he needed me to have a certain mindset to where when the book was released, he could say, okay, I know now my son is going to give me the glory. If he made $20 million or if he make $20, he's going to still give me the same glory out of it just because I, I, I allowed him to live, to be able to put his testimony in a book. So, and that, that, that's something that I had to do. So let's talk about the first time you actually hold a copy of your book in your hand. You actually held it in your hand. How did that feel for you? Oh man, that, that, that feeling, it was, it was a, because that was like the first big thing that I've ever accomplished in my life, you know, and that was, I was proud of me. You know, and then when 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 I when I opened the box of the book and I and I held on to it, and um, my kids was all around me and they we all screaming and hollering in the house. We taking pictures and and I just seen the joy on their face, and they just and, and and you know just for to see them and my wife, um, how happy they were for me, man. I I, I cried and I just thank God and I just I, and and even right now I, I, I sometimes I just look at the book. I just look at it and just see my name and be like, wow, you a real author. You know, like, you know, you you did something that 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 some people told you that you couldn't do, that you wasn't gonna do, you know. And man, it was it was a it was a feeling like none other. Like that feeling, like I never had that feeling before. It was a it was an awesome feeling. And I was just happy for I was happy for everybody, not just me. I was happy for the the, the men and women that's gonna read the book, whose lives gonna be changed. I was happy for my for, for my mentors that, that helped me get this far, my wife and my children. It was so many people. It was so much emotions built up, but it was for so many people. You know, it wasn't just for me. It was just for, it was just for so many people that done put in the, the labor of love with me and, and walk this walk with me and this journey with me. And um, just how, how excited everybody were just, just for the, my accomplishment. And that was, that was just something that was, it was amazing. It was, it was, it was simply amazing. 
Now, did your children read your books and say, wow, dad, you went through this? Or, yo, I believe this happened to you. Did they read well, that? Well, yeah, my, yeah, all of my children, I gave all of my children a copy of the book first. They all read it. But one thing about me, um, as I, when I got saved, I, I, I told my children everything. I, I told them, I told them, I set them down and I explained to them, you know, um, this is why, this is where I come from. This is how I used to live my life. And um, so I never, they, they already knew, like they, they, they knew, you know, a lot of the stuff, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I never set them down and told them about, you know, any killings or things like that, uh, people that I know that kill people because, you know, you don't want to tell them too much, you know, to traumatize them. But the things that, that I've done in my life are selling drugs and being a womanizer and the things like that, I, I, I've shared that with them. And that, and that's one of the reasons why, like I tell my sons, why I be on, on them so much, especially about women and about, um, you know, the, the, the drug dealing and things like that, because I know um, those are generational curses that can be handed down. So I have to try to, I have to pray and try to break those generational curses. And I have to be honest with them about certain things, whether they understand the generational curses mean or not, I still have to be honest with them because I want them to be aware of if you get these feelings in your flesh and things like that, talk to me so we can have a, a discussion mm -hmm. and a conversation about it so I can let you know this is why that you are having these feelings and this is why you have this mindset and things of that nature so I can help you because the only way I can help you if you be honest with me. This is something my mentor told me. If you lie to me, I can't help you. Oh, I love that. Now, you also have to kind of have the added worry of what's happening in the United States right now with um, black men and it, black women, but mostly black men, they're being targeted. So how do you approach that with your children? And and, 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 and I talk with my children often about this, especially, especially my sons. And, you know, one thing one thing I, I, I try to tell them all the time is you try not to put yourself in situations. Try not to put yourself in situations and try not to put yourself around other people that's going to put you in a situation. You know, if, if you ever in a car, when the police, if the police pull you over, you, 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 you obey, you do what you, they ask you to do. You don't talk back. Don't ask them why they're pulling you over because even though you do have a right to ask them why they pull you over, but sometimes it's just best just, just obey comply do what they asking you to do so everybody can make it home safe because like i tell them every police officer is not bad mm -hmm. that's just like saying every doctor is bad we have we have bad apples in every profession in the world i don't care what you do i used to be a school teacher and i used to see some of the stuff the teachers used to say to those children i wouldn't necessarily say that to a child because i wouldn't say that to my own child so you have bad you have you have not so good people. I don't want to call them bad. You have not so good people in every walks of life. Mm -hmm. But you have to always think like this. I have if I have to think my way home tonight. Sometimes you have to. You may have to think for the police, and that may be saying, "Let me just be quiet and do what I need to do to make it home back to my loved ones." If you see that this officer is being a little bit aggressive or doing mm -hmm. something that you don't agree with. Just, 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 just think for the officers, you know, think your way back home, think your way back. So you can say that I, I want to go see my dad. And, and, and that ultimately comes back to, you know, being, being in the, the right situations, you know, 
Um, if you're not going to and from work, why are you outside at two, three o'clock in the morning riding, speeding up the street? And, you know, don't put yourself in a situation where you can be labeled and you could be put in a category with everybody else. You know, you have to think like that. My kids, they make fun of me all the time. They say, Dad, you old. You be in the house before the sun, before the sun go down, you be in the house. Well, a lot of it is because of what's go down, what going on when the sun go down. So I try to eliminate that. When if the, the the more I can eliminate that issue, you know, of saying, you know, well, let me get off these streets before um, everybody they start running red lights because that's what's going on in Milwaukee. The guys they they drive stolen cars, they run red lights, and they killing people with, with the automobiles. So if I know they doing this when the sun go down, wouldn't it be wouldn't it make more sense for me to be in the house when the sun go down, unless it's an emergency or unless I have to go outside? Don't put yourself in a situation. And that's what I try to teach them. And so far it's been, it's been, it's really been working. The things me and my wife try to try to teach them and go over. It's not about, you know, trying to hide yourself from the world. It's not, not, not about that because I still walk in confidence with my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But I God still gave me common sense as well. You know, mm. I can't just say, well, God gonna protect me. Yeah, he is gonna protect me, but don't. Go put yourself in a situation saying God gonna protect me. That's that's not how God works, and that's not how life works. Yeah, I love that. So you took your book. Did the motivational speaking become come after your book or before your book? You know what? I always had it in me. I always had the motivational speaking in me. It was really once I tapped into my purpose, I understood that was me. Because even as a even. My friends, on when, when I used to live in Chicago and I used to sell drugs and I used to be talking to the people that was addicted to drugs and they'd be telling me, like, man, I'm trying to stop. And I encouraged them, like, yeah, you need to stop, man. It, it, you could do something better with your life. You're great. And, and, and some of my friends used to be telling me, they used to laugh at me like, Dale, you trying to make them stop this all money. But I didn't understand, you know, where that came from. But then once I got saved and things like that, I started to realize like that was something that God placed in me because I am a motivator. I am an encourager. I, I do inspire people to go be the best them that they can be. So now every day, I don't take that for granted. I just do it full force every day without trying to, um, you know, without trying to bombard you with things. But I, I, I'm not going to you can't sit in my face and tell me that you can't do something. Or you, you, you don't have, you, you, this, this would never happen for you. I would never let you sit in my face and tell me that because I know that's only, um, that, that seed of doubt somebody that already planted in, in you long, long time ago. So I'm going to undig that seed of doubt and I'm going to put some seed of confidence and, 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 and motivation into you and let you know you can do anything that you put your mind to. God, the, the, the Bible said, I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me. So if you put Jesus in the middle of your equation, you can do anything. And that means anything that you want to do if you put Jesus in the middle of it. I love that. Now, have you had when you're up there and you're giving your your speech about, you know, trying to motivate these kids, telling them your, your testimony about what how you you were almost lost your life and everything. How many of these kids have come up to you afterwards and said, thank you. You made a difference in my life or maybe not at that very moment, but maybe a year or maybe a couple months later. I'll never forget this. Um, this was like two, two and a half years ago, I did a motivational speaking at this school named Mitchell Middle School in Racine, Wisconsin. And I was telling my story and I was telling them what was going on. 
by the time I ended my story, it was like 45 minutes. It wasn't a dry eye in the building. Mm -hmm. Teachers, students, everybody was crying. Um, children was coming up to me saying, Mr. White, can you please talk to my dad? Can you please talk to my mom? They need to hear this story. And even then, it kind of it kind of blew my mind because I still really didn't understand the power that, that I was walking in the, with the power that I had gained from obeying the word of God. I really didn't understand that then. Now I understand it. So now when, when, when I talk to people, I talk to them with that authority. I, 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 I know how to control the room now and I talk with that authority. So you have no, even, even if you don't, even if you walk out of there and you say you didn't get nothing out of it, right? Mm -hmm. I know that I planted the seeds and sometimes that's all we have to do is plant those seeds. Then I'm going to let you water it and then God's going to give the increase. I'm not going to try to do it all at once. I can't do it all because it's not my job to do it all. So guess what? Sometimes you ain't going to get the amens and the, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the yells and the hollers and the screams and all that. But mm -hmm. just know that you planted those seeds. Now what you do is you go home at night and you pray and ask God, God, I did what you declared me to do. Now I pray that you send somebody to water those seeds and I know that you're going to get the increase out of it. I love that. Now, where can people, how do you get your speaking engagements? Um, you can go on my website, wendellwhitespeaks.com, and you can sign up for my um, my motivational speaking class. I actually do it for um, um, the youth, and I do it for men. So you could you could go on right now, do it while we're uh, going through this COVID thing. We're doing everything through, um, via Zoom. So, we um, man, it's a four-week program that I that I that I just try to help you get from where you are to where you're trying to go. And um that's that's basically all I'm trying to say because people will tell you all the time you would never be able to climb that wall. I'm gonna show you and I'm gonna help you how you could not only climb this wall but you can get over it and you can go do whatever it is that you choose that you really really want to do in your life and with your life. And um yeah you can go to wendellwhitespeaks.com and um you can that's where you can order my book from. You can um, go and read about me or where I came from and things of that nature, or you can sign up for for, for the um, for the class and for the for the Zoom meeting, the, the motivational speaking meeting. And I'm I'm going I'm going to help you. I, all I want to do is help, and I'm going to help you. I'm guaranteed that I'm going to help you be the best you that you can be. Now, have you you said you talk to men, especially? Have you had? Some that have walked in the same walk of life that you had before you found Christ come to you and change their lives around because I would love to hear about that. Absolutely, um, and I and, and those are really the men I love talking with and helping because, see, to to know an alternative, you have to see an alternative. Mm -hmm. So if you've never seen an alternative, how do you know that is one? And that's where a lot of, not just a lot of men, a lot of people in general, that's what they struggle at because you have so many people telling them this is what they should do. Yeah, they know they should do this, but if nobody never took them by the hand and showed them how to do it, take them by the hand. Let me take you by the hand and I can show you how I went from selling drugs every single day and I went and I'm now this is what I'm doing. Let me show you the alternative. Now I, I can I can tell you a million things. Yeah, go do this, go do that, go do this, go do that. Guess what? People did that to me. Go get a job, go find a job. 
the, the, the only thing about that, I never seen nobody work a job. So how do that look? I never seen nobody fill out an application. So how do that look? If you really care, I'm going to take you with love and I'm going to show you this is how you could change your life around. It's not going to be easy, but it's a choice. If you choose to want to change, it's going to happen. And it's, it's not going to come overnight. I'll be lying to you if I told you as soon as you go get saved or as soon as you say, you know what, I'm not doing this no more tomorrow. It's just going to be a brand new day. No, it's not. But if you put the work in, the hard work, the dedication, the blood, sweat, and tears, if you, if you combine all that with your faith in the Lord, it's going to happen. It has no choice but to happen because that's what the Lord promised us. God promised us that. And God is not a man. He can't lie. So if you give me the opportunity to walk you through this program and walk you through life and show you, because I learned this from my mentor, nine times out of ten, you can basically trace where you messed up at in your life. Yeah. It's traceable. Now you go back to right there, and we gonna we gonna we gonna retrace those steps, and I can show you where you messed up at, and I can show you how we gonna retrace something and go back a whole different route, and we are gonna get a different ending out of it. And I, that's all I want to do is help you do that. So you said your mentor took you through that. So talk about some of the things that you, he retraced back and found out where you messed up and showed you how you could have gone a different path. Well, one, one thing about it is that, that one thing that he really made me understand, he made me understand how to really forgive. And see, a lot of people don't understand that forgiveness, forgiveness opens up so many doors when you learn how to forgive, like all of the things that, that I've been through, like I, I, with, with, with the people that done hurt me in my life, um, when, 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 I, when I stopped educating myself and things of that nature, all of those things play a valuable role in where you want to go. He, he the one taught me how to, um, and it wasn't just him, I got a couple mentors, but they showed me how to, you know, how a man conducts himself every single day, how a man is one husband to one wife, how a man treats his, his children, how a man leaves a legacy for his children, how a man, you know, as, as a man that's trying to be a motivational speaker, I should be listening to motivational speakers. Mm -hmm. I should be reading about motivational speakers. You know, you can't, you, you, you can't say this is something that you want to do when you don't, you don't have no books about motivational speakers. You saying you are a leader. How many leadership books do you have? You know, you saying that you love your wife, but you steady, you continue to cheat on it, things like that. So they start showing me things that no, no other person that ever showed me. They, but they, but they did it with love. Even when I made my mistakes, they didn't sit me down and say, "Oh, Wendell, you did that again." They, 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 they wrap their arms around me. And they say, "You know what, bro? I understand." But you know, um, as accountability partners, they said, "You know, we, 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 we don't do that. We, we don't do that." I understand what you're going through, but we don't do that. You have to go fix that situation. You have to go do this. You have to go do that. And it was up to me to either say, you know what? I don't want them to be a part of my life because I don't want them telling me what to do. Or I'm going to look at them as examples and say, they're all here where they are because they had mentors that they listened to and they and, 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 and took advice from. And I chose to say, you know what? I know that these guys have my best interests at heart. So I'm going to do what they're asking me to do. I'm going to follow the, the blueprint that they're laying out for me. And I'm going to be this better person 
you know, even with my faults and my, my shortcomings, they still was able to love me. And that's what real mentorship is about. It's not about me condemning you saying you did that again. You did that again. It's about me loving you through whatever you're going through and letting you know, you know what? I'm still here for you. You fell down seven times, but we're going to pick ourselves up eight times and we're going to keep it moving. So you had the mentors and I know that you're working and your kids are emulating you. Did you also place in their lives as well, other mentors for them to look out to, well, to aspire to be? Ab absolutely. Because I know, I, I know um, one out of every three children don't have a mentor, never, will never have a mentor. And if you look at the statistic of life, um, kids that with mentors, they are 78% more, um, time they're going to go to college and finish college and get a degree um um 80 of the time um they're going to contribute to their community they're going to go back and give to their community uh 55 of the time they're never going to um they're never going to skip school they're going to take school more serious so having a mentor is a is 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 real viable in a in a upbringing of a child because all a mentor is saying here is hey wendell is a puddle right here and if you walk through this puddle, your shoes are going to get wet, your socks are going to get wet, and you're going to be uncomfortable all day. But if you walk around this puddle, it may take you a little time to walk around the puddle, but if you walk around this puddle, you're going to stay dry, your, your socks and stuff ain't going to get wet, your shoes ain't going ain't gonna to get wet, and, and ultimately start stinking. But guess what? It's not going to be the quick way like everybody else went. It's going to take a little time to walk around that. So do you want to walk this way, or do you want to walk that way? And this is it's, it's up to the person to say, you know what? I'm going to follow the, I'm going to follow the voice of my mentor. Just, just like with us, with the Lord, it's up to us to follow the Lord. That's why he said he give us our own free will to do whatever we want to do. It's a choice whether you want to follow him or not. And that's the same thing with a mentor. That's a choice whether you want to follow them or not, or follow they, 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 they instructions and they blueprint that they lay out for you. But when things don't go the way that you expect them to go, because you did follow them, you can't blame them for it. Mm -hmm. Love that. Now, have you ever had to have a talk with your all your kids and say, "Hey, you're going the wrong way. You need to straighten up." Or they've kind of been straight and narrow. Absolutely. Um, I actually just had a conversation with my with, with, with my my 17 year old son like two days ago. Um, he had got accepted for, to Stanford University on an uh, mm -hmm. academic scholarship, and this was before um, COVID. He's been a straight A student his entire life since kindergarten. And since COVID happened, his grades have slipped um, real, real bad. And um, he lost the scholarship. He, mm -hmm. he ultimately ended up losing the scholarship. So I was talking to him the other day when I was picking him up from work and he was just saying, you know, he's he's not in a good place mentally um, because of the because of the things that happened. And he told me, he said, you know what, dad, I'm just going to go to a community college and um, I basically just destroyed my chances. So, yeah, I was in father mode. But the mm -hmm. motivational speaker came out of me as well. And I let him know. I pulled my car over to the side. I turned the radio down. And I said, son, look at I said, son, look at me. I said, look at your dad. I said, let me tell you something. You come from a champion. We are champions. I said, look at all the things that I have endured in my life. And people told me that I wasn't going to be this. I wasn't going to be that. I couldn't accomplish this. I said, yeah, you might lost the scholarship now. But you can do it. You can go back and get that scholarship. You can have Stanford calling you in a couple of years 
begging you to come back to the, to your school if that's what you want. But you have to stop speaking negativity. You got to get out of I say, I understand where you at mentally. I understand that. I get that. And I'm here for you. But we don't talk negative. We don't speak depth. We don't speak negativity over our life. We speak nothing but life. We speak positivity over our life. And, man, he looked at me. He began to cry. And he was saying, yeah, Dad, you right. You right. And I'm just telling him, I said, son, you come from great stock. You come from your, your father is a champion. You, you come from great stock. I said, yeah, we done made some mistakes and we we gonna, we might make a mistake tomorrow. But the greatest thing about a mistake, a mistake is just another way of doing something. Yeah. You make that mistakes and you learn from it. And you pick yourself up and you dust yourself off and you get back into the race. You don't let nobody or, or yourself tell you that you can't do something. And I, and, I, and I told him, I said, son, man, you hear what you say about you. Stop saying that about you and tell yourself how great you are. You've been you 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 can't let a year and a half define what you've been doing for 14, 15 straight years. I said you can't let that define you. You may you yeah, you you slipped up. Okay, you're not the only person that slipped up through this COVID time. It's a lot of people that that's in a situation that that, that you are in. But what's gonna define you is how you pick yourself up out of this situation. And man. He thanked me. He gave me a hug. He cried. We cried together. He thanked me. And, uh, man, we continued to go to the house. And I was just telling him, like, man, I'm proud of you. Regardless of what you choose to do, I'm proud of you. And and that and that's all that matters. And as long as you're proud of you, if you feel that you want to go to a community college, you go to a community college, but not because you feel that you failed. You go because you said, this is something that I want to do. Mm-hmm. Not because you're a failure, because you're not a failure. You a champion just like your dad. And and so yeah, I I I, I talk with my kids. I, I inspire my children like that all the time. All the time. That I, they everybody know when when even my daughter, man, it's so funny. My daughter and my wife, they get together like and they'll talk, we'll be talking. And 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 when I get the when the motivational speaking speaker get to coming out, they be, oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Because, because they, because, but, I, but, I, but, you know what? I, I, I love that, because what the one thing that I know that they know that they can't talk negative around me, that they know that they know I'm not gonna let them talk negative around me. So that's a great thing, you know. I don't look at it as oh y'all hurt my feelings. I look at that as a compliment to say, well, at least y'all know I'm not gonna let y'all speak death out of y'all mouth. I'm not gonna let y'all speak not so good things out of y'all mouth because y'all know I don't believe in that. I'm going to motivate y'all to the end. I love that. Have you ever thought about going into preaching as well? Because I was getting goosebumps. I'm like, preach, preach, brother, preach. You know what? I'm actually, I'm actually right now in my church, Unity Gospel House of Prayer. I'm actually in a, um, I'm in a minister's class right now. Um, I have been ordained as a prophet for God. So, um, man, whatever, whatever God's plan for me is, I'm just going to roll with it. However, however he um, lead and guide me. One thing that I do know is right now, this is my ministry. Ministry is not always about being on the pulpit or nothing like that. Just like you said, you just got goosebumps. This is my ministry. So this is the way that I minister. So um, I thank God for the gift that he's given me. And I just pray and I hope that I continue to um, use the gift that he's given me as well as I, I possibly could. And one day I'll be able to hear... Um, well done, my good and faithful servant. Yeah, I love that. Now, our time is almost up. Is there one little nugget that you want to leave people with? 
Well, this this is what I want to tell all the listeners. I, I would want to tell you as a motivational speaker and as a man of Christ, and I put those things together in my life because I know ultimately those are the best two things that I have in my life. And I would like to tell these your, your viewers this. I cannot tell you who to believe in or what to believe in, but the, 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 the man Jesus Christ who I believe in and I know that was risen from the dead, I know with him in your life is nothing that you cannot do. If you put God first into your life, your whole entire life will change. You will be able to do over and abundant thing. I, I, I can't even tell you what the stop putting a stop putting a, a, a ceiling on what God can do. God has no ceiling because the world is his and everything that's in it belongs to him. So we don't put no, no cap on God or no ceiling on God. And if you put your trust and all of your heart and your love and your blood, sweat and tears into loving God the way you love something else or that thing or that person. Um, it's not nothing that God would not do for you. It's not nothing that he would not reveal to you. And you will you you will live an abundant life. God said he come to he sent his son Jesus so we can live life and life more abundantly. That means more abundant peace. That means more abundant in our finances, more abundance in our marriage, more abundance with our children. That means abundance is abundant. Everything that we have, we 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 gonna be healed. We gonna we our minds will be healed. Our hearts will be healed. This is the things that God wants to give us. But do you really want to receive it? Because when somebody give you something, you have a choice whether you want to receive it or not. And if you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and really take it serious, what Jesus wants for you, skies is the limit for you. Skies is the limit for you. So I just pray for everyone that, that listened to this, this message on today. Give God, give Jesus your heart. Give him your heart and just watch how he can change your frown into a smile and how he can lift up, bow down heads. He, he, he can deliver you from any situation that you think, any generational curse, any stronghold. He, he can take it all away. All you have to do is believe. And that's all I pray for tonight. When I go to bed tonight, I'm going to pray that every viewer that listens to this, that they believe that God can change their life. Because I know he can change your life because he changed mine. Wow. That's a, that's a great nugget to leave on. Now tell people where they can find you at. Um, um, you can go on my, my Facebook page, Arthur Wendell White, or you can go on via, um, Instagram, Wendell W underscore 24, or you can go to my website at WendellWhiteSpeaks.com and you can, um, you can reach me. You can even go on my, um, I'm sorry for keep saying, um, but you can go on my, my, um, email address info at WendellWhiteSpeaks.com and man, just hit me. Just, I, I'm, I'm willing to talk to you. I'm willing to I'm willing to go back and forth with text messages with you, whatever you what however you need me in whatever capacity. Don't think about money. Don't don't think don't think about all oh, I need this money. If you don't guess what? God is my provider. God will never let nobody come into my life that's going to take advantage of me. 
He would never do that. And I and he has given me common sense that I would never let nobody take advantage of me. But guess what? He has gave me a heart for his people. So if you need me, I'm there. I'm willing to answer any questions that you need. I'm willing to I'm I'm willing to do anything that you that you that you think that, that you need my help to do. I'm willing to help you. Like I said, I'm willing to help you climb this wall and get over it if that's what you want to do. Wow. Wendell, I really want to thank you for being on today. I mean, this was, it's been a great conversation. I wish I could continue chatting on forever. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you. So what God. is up next for you though? Um, I, I, I'm actually in the midst of writing me another book right now. I'm writing another book. Um, my second book come, well, I'm writing another book, but my second book comes out June 26th. And I'm, I'm, I'm in a, June 26, 2021. My second book come out, part two to The Devil Thought He Had Me. So The Devil Thought He Had Me, volume two, comes out June 26, 2021. Right now, I'm in the midst of writing a, a third book right now. The book would be called, the title, He he Turned It. So I'm writing that book right now. And um, right now, I, it, wherever God leads me, wherever wherever God leads me, I'm just going where he, where he sent me. And I'm and I'm and I'm going and I'm um I'm like I said I never put a, a ceiling on God so I never say well this is what I'm doing and this I don't know whatever God whatever God got has planned for me I'm just gonna go I'm just gonna um do what he every idea he give me every um endeavor that he he drop in my spirit I'm just gonna go so right now it's just um God's will being done over my life and that's really that that's that's it that's all well. Once again, I want to thank you for coming on. I mean, it's been a joy chatting with you. I appreciate it. Glory to God. Thank you. You have a blessed one, Melissa. All right. You too. So, guys, we will see you on the next chat from the Block Cabin. Bye. Y'all. I was so like impressed with Wendell. He could have easily t taken his life and not even made a turn, but he turned it around and it was an amazing story. I really hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed having him on the show. Um, I can't wait to see what else God does in his life. With that said, I hope you really enjoy this episode. Thank you for being part of the podcast family. Please like, leave a rating and review wherever you um, listen to the podcast. If you want to hop over to YouTube and subscribe to the channel as well as subscribing to the podcast here um, and drop a comment on the YouTube channel, Chats from the Blog Cabin. Thank you so much. I appreciate everything. Remember, be blessed. And most importantly, keep chatting. <laughs>